Yes, Lord, we're very grateful that you're with us and pray that you continue to be with us and pray that both the Skype line and the blog top lines, obviously the, the enemy is the air and the, the enemy of the air, of course, is Satan, so we want to make sure we plead the blood of Jesus over us and the airlines to go through. I pray that you'll be with me and with Michael, obviously, who will add stuff, which is always great. I appreciate the fellowship, Lord. We always do. We give all things to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll go into that a little bit. Uh, um, first part is I made a small little video, and it's 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 the the blood of the Lamb of God, and it's a short a minute thirty three second video, um, and it's just God put this vision on my heart one morning about um, 
you know, it's it's hard to talk uh, talk about certain things if you don't know, if you've never seen it. But if you look at the Hebrew alphabet, um, the uh, olive is the first. Well, technically, they do every you know, read backwards in Hebrew, so it would be the last letter. And the first letter is the top. So obviously, when you put it all together, Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, and that's the amazing part about that too. So Jesus is the Olive Tav. Um, so if anybody, you know, after you listen to this, you might have to go back and watch that video because I'm going to explain a couple things. And obviously, visually, it's a little tough, but I'm going to try to do my best. Um, it's, I'm going to try to not to talk too long on it. It's just I, God put it on my heart about, I don't know, about ten, about a half an hour ago. He was showing me a couple things because I was trying to get confirmation on a couple things. But if you if you look at these Hebrew letters, um, it's really interesting because each Hebrew letter in the alphabet has a name and a, a picture meaning and a number meaning, which is really amazing to me. You know, it's got three, which is, you know, we, we keep going back to that number, and I'm going to say it over and over again a couple times tonight about, you know, it's a, it's a perfection number. It's, it's, you know, the Godhead is three, and it's just really amazing. But looking at the olive top, we're going to look at this separately real quick. So the top is the first letter in the alphabet of the Hebrew. And, of course, what that means is if you look at the, it, there's the picture of it, it means sign. And, of course, if, if you delve into it, the sign that this, letter represents is people say it's an X but I certainly believe it's, it's the cross and we know what the cross is and of course the, the translation of the picture means to seal to covet it or to make an agreement and we know that certainly has to do with Jesus so if we go back to the first the last letter which is the Olivet the symbol is a bull or an ox and the meaning of it is very important because if, if you look at any of these Hebrew websites, they really lift it up because there's a lot of meaning in these letters. And that means God the Father and strength and leadership. So if you look at the whole sign, it's Jesus is the sign and he's, and he's the strength and the leadership. Of, so he is the olive top and it, it will really explain it in the video. And if you want further understanding, I think God is leading me to make another video. But I started looking, looking at more of this. And I, I looked up these letters individually on websites. And there's there's little videos of each one. They make them cartoonish for children. So, you know, even a, a child can look at it. So I, I'm going to go to the one real quick. It's, it's the olive. So if you look at this. They act like it's it's kind of consists of two Hebrew letters. One is the Yud, and and if you look at like if you could picture an N, so there's three parts of an N because it it pretty much looks like the same thing. So if you look at the N, the bottom part of when you first start the N, that bottom part would be called a Yud, and that's another letter of the Hebrew Bible, and there would be the Yud on top. In the middle, holding it together, is the Va. So if you look at that, Alf, which is God the Father, the strength, the leadership. 
So if you look at this letter as that, so if you have two of these U's on each side, that means hand. And if you look at the, the va in the middle, that means nail. God was showing me those two, those two U's are outstretched on each side, and that means hand. And all of a sudden, God showed me, what does that indicate? Jesus' hands are nailed to the cross. And it's another weird confirmation, all these, all these Hebrew letters. God is just continuously showing you who he is. And it's so amazing to me. All of a sudden, I, I started looking at the other one, which is the Tav. And they're saying it, it consists of two other letters that are in the alphabet. And one of them is, is called Dalet. And that means door. And the other part of the Vav would be, would be the other side of it. And that's called the Nun. And the Nun is the fish. So the symbol of the fish in the door is the Tav. And we know who that is, Jesus. So when you put these out of Tav together, it shows you the Godhead. It shows you God. And it's really crazy because if you look in uh, a lot of these old parchments, like from Isaiah, they see these two letters together, the Olive Tav, and they don't explain it. They, they kind of like, obviously, you know, they don't like saying the God's name. They can't write it down. So they kind of hide it because they're hiding who Jesus is. And obviously the proof of that is in the Tav by the sign of the cross. And of course, and this feeds into the video I did a while back, we talked about this, Michael, is God's seal, and what God's seal is, the mark. So that's another confirmation. It's just, it's, it's all through these books. God, it's so amazing. I, I, so, someday I want to show you some of these books that I received, but it goes into more detail, obviously, to understand. But if, if you look at, I have another page of that. But what what each of these means? So the the uh, the top so the top is the twenty second letter in the alphabet, and also means get get this, Michael. This is another piece of the puzzle. It means last. The olive. You go back, and it means first, and that's why you see in that video. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Jesus is the Olive Tav. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I just listen to you now. I have to be honest with you. Are you a little lost with that? Uh, yeah, well, you know, it's uh, That's why I wanted to show you that. Wanted you to see that video first. The short one, because that was the most important part, because watching that video is pretty much God's introduction to what I'm about to show you. See, that's where I made a mistake. I was listening to it so fun, but I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. I see. So you want to watch, want me to, to look at images? 
Well, obviously, the, the, the video that's on YouTube, it's all video. And, of course, I don't know if you noticed that wonderful singing. Yeah, I think you did a good job. God broke my voice with that one. He he wanted me to sing it this way, and I put the two songs together, and all of a sudden I sing it a couple times. And he's like, I want you to sing it on the video. Next thing you know, my voice sounded better. <laughs> so, you ready to go through this? Sure. Okay. Now, let me know if you have any questions. I'll go slow. And, of course, like I said, you're a little fuzzy on my end, so we'll have to just go slow when you respond to me. Um, now, I'm going to just go through this. So I created a page a long time ago, and it's one of my first things that I had in the back of my head that God showed me. Well, he showed me it right away. Um, when I was going through everything, he started... You know, like I told you before, he had me study Mormonism because of my best friend. And I think he knew it was such a heavy subject that I needed to take a break from it. So all of a sudden, he put on my heart to look, look at these videos, and all of a sudden, I just stumbled. I, I, I don't even know how. I, you know, it's all God. He, he puts a subject in your head, and next thing you know, you'll stumble on the internet, and next thing you know, it's in front of your face. And I, stu I stumbled across this, this man named Ron Wyatt. And Ron Wyatt, um, I'm just going to pretty much dive right in about what I just saw. Um, I saw this video. It was called Ron Wyatt talking about the blood of Jesus. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I don't know what this could be about. And all of a sudden I click on it, and he starts talking about that, about him finding the Ark of the Covenant, and it had the blood of Jesus on it. And this... And what this audio describes is him taking this blood sample and testing it and showing me all these things and, sh and, sh and saying it. And, and I'm just going to go from, you know, that's a big introduction right there. So I'm going to go through the, the web pages because uh, right, right after I did the video, I did the video of this page called Blood on the Mercy Seat. Within, so, so yes. That, that's God, God, God did this crazy thing. He knew what he was going to do. He knew, obviously, Jesus was going to die on the cross and shed his blood for the sins of the world. So he set all this up. And so when I walk through this with you right now, every question should be answered. Right. Because I had questions after I did this, Michael, a long time ago. And throughout all these years of me being saved, 10 years, going on my 11th, um, every step away within a year or two years, God showed me more about this. So, it's you know, I, I knew it in my heart that this was true right away by Ron Wyatt talking about the blood. And I'll get to that in a second. So I'm just going to go step by step, and if you want to stop me like you just did, we'll go through it. So I'm just going to go on the page. So my mentor told me about this man named Ron Wyatt. He is an archaeologist who found wonderful biblical sites. Now, you want to talk about all through the Bible, 
even you and even me. Who were we, Michael? You say it all the time. Personally, I'm getting sick of that. I wish you stopped talking like that because God loves us. So you look at somebody like Moses. Moses had a lisp. He had problems speaking. And next thing you know, he, God's using him when he's in his 80s. So God uses, I, I don't want to say weak people, but the lesser person that nobody else would use. And that's why he, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, uh, the first will be last and the last shall be first. And that's what he always done, because he takes the meek, and he molds them, just like he does with you, Michael, and he's done with me. He takes that clay, and he rebuilds us. So that's what he's always done. So what he did to this man is unbelievable. Nobody wants to believe it. Everybody, I won't say disproven him, but just like everything we've studied up to this point, Michael, with all the conspiracies, they've hidden the truth of what's going on. But out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, it will be proven, and it certainly has been proven. So, I'm going to go through just a couple of what this guy, this man, was found. You At one time, you'll find a video out there. They called him the real Indiana Jones. And he was the real biblical Indiana Jones, because first of all, I'm going to just go, go through a couple. I found out more when I these past weeks about what he found. He found a lot of stuff. And one of the things that he did find, I'll say it right up front because it can be proven by instantly going on the internet right now, is he found out where the Red Sea crossing was. Ron Wyatt was the original man to go scuba diving, and he found, and I had pictures a long time ago, and I still have these pictures. He found chariot wheels and all these various other items so when Ron passed away in 1999, um, there was people that picked this this up. That became their mantle, the bear, their cross to bear. Let's put it that way. Um, so there's a video out there. It's a major video that they put out, and there's updated pictures because obviously they found chariots. Uh, Ron Wyatt had in his museum. He still does a hoof. You know all these various things to prove that this Red Sea crossing happened. And this was just one, I'm going to say it's a small thing, because these other things that I say, he's found them all. And that's what makes it so crazy. Because he found where the, the rock was struck in for the water to come out. So everybody wanted thirst. And if you read that story... Moses didn't do it right. So because of that, when that happened, the the group that was there, the earth opened up, and they fell in the pit. I was always on the earth under the assumption that instantly we know what the pit is. So I looked at that, and I thought that was crazy. So when I did research after I was done with this recently, I got more insight into that. So they did a scan where this rock is, and they found bodies under this, under where the rock is. They didn't pull out any bodies, but they pulled up, they pulled up an ox cart and various other things. They did everything but touch the bodies. 
which if you do your research and prove everything, that kind of, that proves the story, <laughs> you know what I mean? This man don't know where stuff is. God is leading him every step of the way. And those are two major things. And, one, you know, I'm going to go through two more major things, which leads us to this major thing. Um, he found the Ark of Moses. Back in the 70s, there was a, a satellite photo of the Ark. And people believed that was it. So, one Ron Wyatt was doing all his stuff. You know, he's everywhere. He's doing everything. And he found out that he went back and he had to study that the idea of, okay, well, it landed on Mount Ararat, but it said mountains of Mount Ararat. And there's one mountain system on there. It's called Mount Doom. And if you look this up, Ron Wyatt was led there, and he found the Ark of the Cup, or the Ark, the Ark, Noah's Ark. And you could see the outline of it, and it's really cool, but he said, so, you know, these uh, beautiful, godly things keep happening. And there was a little earthquake that happened when they were up there, and the part that they needed to see, which is the front of it, the earthquake relieved all that where, where the rocks were, and it showed more of it. So, to be able to prove something like this, they did scans, and they were able to find out where all the timbers were. So, there's videos on this, and he did drillings going into the side of it, and he pulled out uh, antlers, like antler fragments, and animal poop. So, to solidify the idea of this, Michael, they actually... The people of Turkey, obviously it's in Turkey, they they blessed him throughout the whole thing, and they sacrificed, I think it was a goat, for the land of putting a, it's almost like a little museum that they put up there next to it. So actually, you can actually go up there and sit down and eat dinner and look through the windows and see Noah's Ark. And it's really amazing. All these things have been hidden because... Obviously, we know the enemy wants to keep this hidden as long as possible. So, I, I don't know what you have to say about that right away. It's, it's difficult without seeing pictures. And obviously, when I'm done, I will tell everybody where to go. And if they go on this webpage, you go to a Wyatt Archaeology Museum, and you'll see pictures of this. You'll see videos you can watch on the Internet after I'm done. Because this all proves... But the major one, obviously, with us, Michael, is our salvation. And where our salvation came from was, praise God, is the blood. We always talk about the blood over and over again because that's the most important part. And that's why, if you go into any church, they take the, the hymns out, which talk about the blood. And those were the first hymns to leave the church. So let me go on. So... One of the last things Ron was doing was he was in the middle of doing the. Uh, let me go through this. I don't want to miss this. He, he was he was doing the. Uh, go, going where the uh, the Red Sea was, and they were in the process of doing all that stuff and going down and taking pictures. So they decided to take a break. He was with one of the main archaeologists in. Uh, Israel at the time, one of the head muckety mucks, you know what I mean? 
So all of a sudden, they started walking by Golgotha, him, Ron Wyatt, and this man. And all of a sudden, he stopped. And Ron Wyatt, he don't know why he did this. Well, he knows now. But all of a sudden, he he sticks his hand up and he points towards the skull, and where the base is. He's like, Jeremiah's grotto's in there, and the Ark of the Covenant's in there. And he's like, what? What did I just say? And all of a sudden, the archaeologist, without batting an eye, I will give you permits, place to stay, food, lodging. You can dig. Which is next to impossible, Michael. It doesn't happen. So every every step of Ron, Ron's journey was guided by God. So when you when you go through... So you can click on each of these. I ha, Obviously, it's not detailed. None of this information is detailed because there's too much information here about every step of the way how Ron was led to find the Ark of the Covenant. Um, I'm just going to hit on a couple things of when they started digging. So obviously the first thing Ron White always does is, you know, he was only able to go there, you know, like a week out of the year or two weeks out of the year. So this is a long process of uncovering stuff. Um, so what? So obviously, the first thing he does is he goes, you know, he reads his Bible, he gets into the Bible, and he's like, "Is this possible? Could this possibly happen? Help me, Lord, find out where all these, you know, all these little insights are." And God did. And and I'm gonna. So I'm gonna just gonna go through. Um, the, the basis of the archaeological dig of what he did here. So as he's as he started digging where where the face of the skull is, he goes down and they find uh, three niche holes. And how I want to describe these niche holes are if if you took a picture for a big giant picture frame, a rectangle, and put it up against the rock, and you laser cut a hole in that rock. So it's almost like a shelf. So he found three of these shelves. And to his amazement, he was, you know, obviously, here we go again, Roman brainwashing. We see all these pictures of Jesus. He's not a beautiful man, but they have him beautiful. He's on the cross, and the sign is on the, on the cross. It doesn't say that. All these different translations of it are wrong. It just says it was above the cross. So what these niches were for was all these various signs to show who was on these crosses, especially if they were, you know, somebody of importance, because it was kind of like people would be going around a road looking up and seeing the crosses, and they look above them, they would have to see that from this road, you know, because we're all brainwashed to looking at these paintings. First of all, you know, I'll go through another one. You know, Jesus wasn't, certainly wasn't wrapped. He was, he was hanging on the cross naked. You know, they, they despised this man. They wanted him to have the worst death possible when he was being crucified. So that's just one thing. So as they're digging deeper, they find an altar. And the altar was set up because what was underneath, what was I'm about to tell you. So they're digging further, and they found this little ledge sticking out. And it looked, you know, Ron calls it an altar. And it's because after he clears up all this space originally, he actually found an outline 
and he realized that it was they made a little church. They set up this little church because as they kept digging down, they found four cross holes. By what I'm going to say cross holes, let's say if you get, uh, let's see, uh, a foot-by-foot box, perfect, not perfect square, because one of, one of them was 13-inch. So if you take this box and you just drill a hole perfectly and you have three in the front and one in the back. And the weird, the crazy part is, you know, you don't want anybody to fall in these holes when they're not being used. So there was a, a, a piece of stone that was square that was almost like a little capstone that would go in each of these holes. So nobody would, you know, quote unquote, fall. So as as Ron's digging, they're, you know, this is years of this going on. They have to cover stuff up when they leave and uncover it when they come back and get back to where they So this is just the beginning. So as they're digging, and one of these, he didn't realize it, but this is part of the end story. Um, one of these holes had what appeared to be a crack next to it. And there's pictures of it. There's pictures of it on the website. They actually went back through within, I guess, 20 years ago. We're, this this happened during the 80s, the early 80s. So they went back. Rotten Wyatt's widow went back. She got remarried, but they went back through the, the, the caves and stuff. And they actually found the cross hole for this, and they took a picture of it, and the pictures matched up perfectly. So let me go go on. We'll get back to that because that's important. So they're digging further and digging further. So as they dig, they have to take this this dirt. Every there's a lot of stuff in this garbage. It's it's garbage because how how this works, how Israel works is after every civilization, stuff got knocked down and leveled, and they built on top of it. And this this actually solidified that too because that was a known fact. So as they're going down, they're putting this this garbage off to the side and all this dirt off to the side, and they realize, well, we got, we got to get rid of this dirt. We can't have it sitting there because people they started complaining because there was a lot of stuff. So they they were able to figure out where to put the stuff. So as they were moving all the stuff, they didn't realize they were covering something. And this is another piece of the puzzle. As they're going down, they found. A 13-foot diameter circle. It was, and they measured it, and the confirmation of this is it was two feet thick. Ron Wyatt knew exactly what that was because just not far away is the tomb, the tomb of where where Jesus was buried, and the confirmation of that too is obviously, that wasn't found by, you know, uh, Constantine's mother had a lot of stuff done, and she found a lot of stuff like the nativity and all this other stuff. But this tomb was separate. It wasn't found by her. It had nothing to do with Constantine. So when he went over there one day, he realized that there were there was a little, obviously, if you read the biblical account, a stone was rolled in front of the, the, uh, the tomb, but it had to be rolled in to a little crevice so it's not going to fall. And of course, once they did that, they latched it up. But in front of the tomb, there was a two-foot gap to have this stone roll across. So when Ron Wyatt found this stone, 
he knew it was the stone that was in front of Jesus' tomb. Because it measured exactly two foot. Which was utterly, utterly amazing. So that that began everything. And God showed me right away what this what this was and as I'm because I'm reading, I'm watching videos, I'm doing a lot of praying at this time. Um so and it gets to a point, um, one of these stories, like I said, Ron Wyatt gets these encounters either by angels or somebody else. And one of these, one of these I want to get into it, was um, he started getting discouraged. Because obviously, okay, what am I doing here? I, I can't, you know, that's cool, but that's not what I'm after. I'm here for the Ark of the Covenant, even though what he found was magnificent. And all of a sudden, he started getting discouraged, and they're sitting down for lunch. He's sitting by himself, and there's another guy sitting over where he can't see him. He can hear him. And all of a sudden, this this person comes up to him. He's all dressed in white. I want to find it. I don't want to miss it. Okay. Um, he's all dressed in white. And all of a sudden, he, he looks at Ron White, and he's like, God bless you for what you're doing here. And he said it a couple of times. I, I, it's amazing because I think the, the angel said three times. And all of a sudden, he, I, I want to find this other part because it's utterly amazing. Um, you have any questions while I'm looking or anything? It's crazy. Okay, here we go. Um, so he walks up to him and he. This person says that. Did, did, did he yes. hear me? Oh, okay. No, you're cracking up bad. <sighs> well, anyways, he said, didn't he say in his deathbed confession that it was an angel that led him to a, a, some of this? Well, he, he, he didn't lead. He didn't lead him to it. He pretty much, you know, either boosted him. You know, like I said, I'm going to read this one part. His spirits, because he got. Uh, you know, you get down because you think you're going to find something and you don't see anything and they're there for years. And next thing you know, it's nothing's going on. So this guy walks up for him. God bless you and what you're doing here. Then he, Ron looked up and standing much higher on the ground, his feet above him was tall, slender man, dark hair, wearing a long robe, and his head covered with a similar, similar dress of Bible, in a biblical sense. So they started talking, and, he, and the man, he asked him where he was from. He's like, oh, I'm on my w way from South America, or South Africa, to the new Jerusalem. And the man asked again, or said again, God bless you, what you're doing here. Then the man turned away and walked away. And the man over his body heard him say that. He's like, who is that? And all of a sudden they stood up. And they looked, and the guy was gone. There's a later story where he actually followed up the steps, and he didn't see it. There was no the guy was gone. So Ron was visited by an angel to to give him you know that boost he needed. Because then it got to a point where uh, he didn't know where to go, and all of a sudden he felt the urging by God that the idea is okay, we got to go in the rock. You know what I mean? We actually have to dig in instead of down. So they actually started 
digging your dog off, and that's where everything, you know, goes crazy because they're going through cave systems, and they're looking through, and all these various things, and they just do this a lot of, like, hauling dirt out and rocks, and it's such a big job. So it got to a point where it's like, Ron realized, he's like, we can't go through all these cave systems. So we hired this guy named James, and he was a small guy. And uh, so he's like, okay, well, I want you to peek in some of these holes. And if you see some or you think we should dig that way, we'll go. So we had them, and, the, and all of a sudden, the, the one day, they're digging, and he asked them to go through there. And he ran out instantly. It's like, I'm, something's bad in there, something's in there, something's in there. And all of a sudden, he just ran. He ran off the dig site. They didn't know what was going on. And Ron's like, okay, what? That, that's kind of extremely odd what's going on. And he realized that, oh, it's there. It, he just felt, because where they were getting, they were getting ready to dig in there, and he wanted, he saw this, this different kind of how the wall was boarded up. And he knew it was man-made. And he, he knew something was in there. It's just he, he didn't he didn't want to disturb it because as they were starting to jackhammer, this whole quote unquote false wall would have came down on him. So what Ron Wyatt did was, okay, I'm going in there. So he started digging a hole just enough, probably about a couple of feet, so he was able to start crawling in there. And this is where the story picks up. <laughs> Praise God. So he starts going in there and he not, all of a sudden he sees all this animal skin and there's wood and all this various other, not, I guess it's debris, but this cover this up, all of a sudden he sees something shimmering. And he starts moving the debris, and he moves the animal skin, and it was a table of shorebread. And he's like, oh my lord. So he looks up, and he starts going further. And he pulls himself almost to the point of going into it, but he, all of a sudden he sees this big, giant stone box. And he saw that the lid was cracked and there was something black on top. And all of a sudden, he realized, oh my lord, this is the Ark of the Covenant. And because of all this stuff, dude, they're working non-stop on top of this. And he passed out. He passed out for about 45 minutes. And he woke up. And all of a sudden, they, he realized what that was. So, I'm going to go through this a little quicker because... There's a lot of details in here about this story because the other angels, there was angels, I, I'm, I wish I could find it, I, I need to go back and do my study, that four angels, you know, I hate to say it, but uh, that Ellen G. White brought them up, and I think that's why they talk about that three angel ministry, but there was four angels that was guarding the Ark of the Covenant at one time, you know, throughout all the ages, I guess. So, um, they were still guarding it. You know, obviously he didn't see anything at the time. So when he started, he got, when he woke up, he started realizing what was going on. Then he got in there further and he, he saw the black substance in the crack. Um, he scraped a little away. And I'm going to go through this a little further with you after. But he realized that, wow, I'm noticing this blood on the ceiling. So from... Where the ark is and the ceiling, it's not too far away from each other. But he noticed there was some on the ceiling, and he, and he looked, 
and he's like, wow, there's a crack right there. So the, what they end up doing was they took a measuring tape, and they put that measuring tape up, and it went up 20 feet, and guess where it touched? Where that crack was with the post hole. And they knew automatically what happened. And obviously there's a lot of things that went in the middle of that. But obviously they they realized at the time when everything was said and done, the Ark of the Covenant doesn't, you know, it's there. It was there for a purpose. To have Jesus' blood touch that mercy seat. And the second part of why it was still there was the Ron Wyatt to prove it was there. He didn't need, you know, just like everything else, Michael, you could say, Oh, I'm a Christian, and people, I, you know, God talks to me, and who's going to believe you? You know what I mean? Heck, Christians don't believe you that God talks to you. You know how crazy that is. So, uh, like I said, God was with him the whole time. So what he did, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through it with you. This is the best part. You know what I mean? Obviously, that's such a wonderful thing. But what I go through next is so amazing. I'm not going to 100% go through this because I did it on the video and it sounded kind of crazy to me. Because it's, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I'm a humble man. I'm not that smart swan. I, you know, it, you're getting in the genetics of testing blood and all this other stuff. But it was, it's all, all the information's on the website. So this, I'm going back to when I first got saved. God knew I needed a break from everything, and he was blessing me because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. He wanted me to do his work, and that was studying about the Mormons, to know the truth, to tell people about the truth. So he rewarded me by finding this Ron Wyatt video. So knowing how God worked at the time, because God hit me the one time when I was saved, and I knew it was God. You, you get that feeling, your emotions are just out of control. Like, I hear people, like, when people say the Holy Spirit's 100% on them, they feel like, God, you got to get, you got to get off of me. I feel like you're going to kill me. And that was the point this happened when I felt that, because I'm watching this video when I first got saved, because, like I said, taking a break, of Ron Wyatt talking about the blood, blood of Jesus. So he's going through this, and he told the Israeli, he brought the blood sample to the Israeli, the Jerusalem people to the the you know whoever does the chromosomes and all that other stuff the blood stuff so they started analyzing and he's like Ron White's like no matter what you do every part of this step I need to know what's going on so as they're going he's he's letting them know okay we're doing this we're doing it all of a sudden the blood this this black substance became alive dead blood does not become alive um, I saw a video of the guy doing something with, and actually you could see it it was living you know when you look at actual chromosomes moving and all this other stuff it's alive so Ron White all of a sudden they're doing all these testing all of a sudden this guy comes up he's really excited and you know obviously they're not saved they don't know who Jesus is. So this is why he they say it like this. A guy walks up, and this is Ron Wyatt saying this. He starts getting choked up. And I know how that feels. You know how it feels. You know it's God inside you. 
and, and all of a sudden he's describing what they're saying. He's like, we, we, we found the blood of your Messiah. And you could see Ron Wyatt's tears. And as soon as I saw him say those words, he's looking into the camera. My heart leapt. And I knew it was confirmation. That, dude, I didn't need to look at anything else. I didn't need to see anything else. I knew Ron Wyatt found the blood. And it was just mind-blowing to me. So they go through all this, the testing of the blood. And obviously how this works is a human human blood person has 46 chromosomes. 23 of each. 23 for the man, 23 for the female. That's 100%. So when they get all this stuff done, they found... Uh, how'd that work? There was only 24 chromosomes. 23 was the, the female... One was a male, and the other one was... It, it showed that this evidence that the, whom the blood belonged to had a mother, but had no earthy father. And I knew that, too, and I was, you know, it just solidified everything. But this is the thing that hit me, is I didn't know. After I got done with this video recently, God wanted to give me more. Do I deserve it? No, but he did. I'm going to try to remember some of all these confirmations, and I know I've been through some of them with you. Um, I'm going to say one right now. Obviously, we talked about I, with you at one time. I don't know why the angels did it. God wanted Ron Wyatt to suit, see everything set up. So when he went back in this cave, cave system one day, the ark, the ark was out of the box, and everything was set up. The table of shorebreads there. The uh, the incense. And of course the menorah. And those are the four major things. First of all, I'm going to give you confirmation right now. When, when Jeremiah and everybody went into captivity, there is a list of items that were out of, that were taken out of the, uh, the temple. Because they knew it was going to be ransacked, they took items out. Guess what wasn't labeled? Those four items. The ark, the menorah, the incense, and the table of shortbread. Because those were already taken. Because I'm going to give you this one right away. Because this is the updated version that blew me away and it made so much sense. Well, I, I, I can't. I, I'm sorry. I'm getting sidetracked. See, I get sidetracked easily because my mind wanted to give you another beautiful thing. So everything's set up in the cave. And what Ron Wyatt noticed, and this is what sunk in my head and God proved to me throughout these ten years. And continued to do it. Up to finding about the flat earth. So the Ark of the Covenant set up and he sees this wall of shimmering crystal beautiful glass looking stuff and he didn't know what it was and that's how we described it so that always hit my in the back of my head so throughout all this time Michael this is all the proof that God showed me. so I, I always had that wall in the back of my head and we'll go back into this I just want to give you this to you because it's so cool so I told you that 
God was giving Sonya, my daughter, visions from heaven. And Ladia was grilling her about the, one of these visions. And I asked Sonya, and I thought I had it on video, and I put it on this one, it's not there. Um, I asked her, I'm like, you were walking through heaven, did you look down? And she's like, yes, I thought I was going to fall. I'm like, why? Because it was so clear. Now, we know, we, I don't, you know, it's the streets of gold. Why is it clear? That was another piece of the puzzle. So as I was studying this stuff to get confirmation after confirmation, finding out that 100% pure gold is clear. Praise God. That was another confirmation. So then I go through the other part of that. There was another confirmation about pure gold being a, looking like glass almost. Um, was when I started studying about the firmament. And that's the idea of, okay, well, the reason why we're studying all this stuff, I'm studying all this stuff, I'm hearing stories about something called Liberia glass, and there was a the certain area in the desert. You know, we got, and we know proof of this, Michael, because you know and I know those guys, our, our government was trying to blow up the firmament by Operation Fishbowl and all these various things. Somebody was trying to tell me they were blown up the moon. That was utterly ridiculous. So, I believe that some of these fragments, because of that, must have came down and they they landed in the desert. So, people have been finding these little pieces of glass, and it's, it's just another confirmation. So, that was just so wonderful. So, the idea, now to go back to the new confirmation that I got last week, which is utterly amazing... But before, see, I got distracted. The one thing I did find out, I always had a problem about the blood. Like, obviously the blood, I, it's blood of Jesus, it's pure, but you know and I know that, you know, once a year, they're, you know, they're going putting the blood on the mercy seat. You know, it's one guy going in there, making the sacrifice for, uh, for the sin offering for himself and for his, everybody. So that was always in the back of my head. I'm like, okay, well, if that's the case, how did this not, you know, them get together, the two blood, and count out itself? Then I realized that I went back, and God led me back to Henry Gruber, which I told you, Henry Gruber, and I found out, I didn't know any of this up to last week, he was a good friend with Ron Wyatt. He actually encouraged Ron Wyatt to do all, like, do some of this work, including... Ron Wyatt was one of, or Henry Gruber was one of the only guys that knew about the Ark and the blood. So Ron, Henry Gruber tells this story, which I'm going to put links to um, when I get a chance. I'm going to redo some of the stuff. And he said that when Ron Wyatt took samples of the blood of the mercy seat, he took two different samples. I didn't know that. I never heard that before. And he took one from each side of the mercy seat. Because he said, Ron Wyatt, that the blood of Jesus was on the west side of the mercy seat. right? Above, because right above the mercy seat was the crack in the stone box. I didn't know this either. And never mind where the blood came down from. You know, the rocks went rent 
And that's why they did it, so this blood can travel down. The perfect blood, because the blood separated. God is wonderful. So, as he's describing this story, it, it makes perfect sense, because the crack on the box was off to the west side, right right perfectly above where the crack... So you think about this. The crack... Well, the, the, the hole where the crucifixion happened was perfectly lined up where Jeremiah was told to place the box. And I'm going to give you that in a minute, too, which is utterly amazing. So you could see it's off to one side of and uh, Henry Gruber thought to himself, he started praying to God about it, and all of a sudden God gave him Leviticus 60. I don't. Do you have your Bible handy? I do. I would like you to personally read this out loud. It's Leviticus. Let me know when you're there. Leviticus what? 16, verse 14. Now, real quick, Jesus' blood is on the west too, side. Talking about, talking about, uh, Go on. My reading, you have been reading, uh, to, oh, as well. But it talks about Solomon's temple. About, about all the stuff being taken out or taken down, oh. destroyed? Well, I, I found out that from a guy who actually does jewelry, and other there's a couple people that do deal in gold. Well, I just wanted to say that it's interesting that the whole, basically, the whole temple of God is covered in this gold. And the gold is <laughs> the important thing. I mean, it's mentioned right away in the second chapter of Genesis. That's always been something that's like, why is gold so but, you know, uh, maybe this is where it the connections of the, uh, why it's so important. You know, you know, about the, uh, I guess the vaulted ceiling of uh, the mentioned that if it is uh, made of pure gold and so it's transparent, uh, or is transparent, then it would be interesting that they would cover the temple with this gold, because, you know, it's just, it's just a big deal throughout Well, the in interesting part about that, real quick, Michael, is if you go on my Golden Firmament page, all all the stuff I mentioned about the gold is there because I wanted God had me move it because obviously talking about the the firmament. So the idea that, and if you look at it, it's all it's all conf confirmation is there because one of these pictures I have on there was from. George Rainier. Rainier went went down to Antarctica, and there's a couple pictures that was put in a museum. I found one of these pictures, and you'll see a glacier. And in back of the glacier, there's some kind of wall there. So God had me take that and add pit, add color to that wall, and I add blue to it. And once I added blue to it. It reminded me of this glass that I saw a long time ago, 
because my buddy does uh, stained glass. So the confirmation about that is that's even triple confirmation about that, and that's on that page, which is really amazing. Sorry to distract. I just had to get that out. But, uh, Michael, I don't know if you could speak up for me because I'm having a hard time hearing you. I don't know if I can speak up any longer now. I don't know if that helps at all. Uh, yeah, so, anyways, it, it seems to me that the uh, focus of Judah uh, and, and the Israelites had a more of an interest in when it came to gold. Yeah. But many, many of the groups out there that during that time period uh, were not interested in gold at all. And uh, but the Israelites were very much so. They kept they gathered all up. And uh, it also makes me think about something else too. Um, about Okay, so you got Fort Knox and all these other reserves uh, or buildings where there's housing gold and it's all basically disappeared. And then you got this desire to create the third temple. And is all the gold going there, directed there for that moment when they finally start putting it together? And I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm just saying well, they got all the pieces done, Michael, so they got the gold from somewhere. about the size of the temple, and you think about how much, what, what it would take uh, to cover the whole building, what it must look like if it was covered completely in gold. Uh, I, I, I have to so, you know, uh, there is a connection there. The other thing is, too, just want to think about the glass that's found in uh, Liberia or Libya or whatever it is. Um, yeah. There's also, it could also be the fact that it has nothing to do with them, you know, as far as the weapons, because it's becoming quite questionable at all at this point. So it's very suspect at this point. It's not Anyways, but there is something that did happen. Yeah, that that's a hundred. It's it's everywhere, Michael. It's er, every uh, what do you call that? Every nationality has a version of it. Right, but but we know that from the Word of God, we know that the gates were open, and also like the windows of heaven were open. So it easily uh, that could contribute to why glasses around the place because when you know. God's might, God's will, and this happened, and therefore, you know, if you think it, and if, if the, and if the firmament, as far as the ceiling of the firmament, is not at that far, not hardly as far as people imagine, and have been told by the That actually it could be a lot closer, very easily done by God, as He ripped open the deeps and ripped open He opened up 
So all they got to say, and I didn't say you're wrong, I'm just saying there's another option. And, and I feel personally that what you were sharing so far verifies both the truth of the Word of God and you know, God is. So whatever the case may be, um, it's definitely worth bringing it up. And I just wanted to mention that because um, that's one thing that we definitely have. If you look at every, there's so much. We don't know how big it is if it's there. Because uh, if it's a part of, I, I don't know if it's a part of heaven or, I don't know. Because you got to think about it. If, if what we, I don't know, to me there's, there's confirmation. Obviously, you look at the ancient design that is produced by Logo Software of what ancient earth looks like as the flat earth, if you look at it, I have a picture next to it, I have a, a picture of an eye next to it, and just like, it, it looks like an eye, and it's really amazing to me, because if God is on, right above us, right where the North Star is, right where Polaris is, and he's sitting on top, he's got a big giant magnifying glass, and he's seeing everything. <laughs> Praise God. I don't know, I just, I love that picture. Yeah, a lot of Which might be another confirmation if you look at the the last, you know, the the, the lens of the eye, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. The lens of the eye and the bulge of the eye, the iris and the eyeball, and how it's uh, and, and, uh, yeah. yeah, you like I said, you could look at pictures of that on the, my golden page for a minute. Nothing wrong with speculating. Well, like I said, the, going through uh, the Ark of the Covenant, it just makes sense. Because I, I, there's one part of this I'm going to go through, like the other thing that Ron Wyatt said, or uh, Henry Gruber said to Ron Wyatt, because they... they they were together for a while and had many conversations. 
and he was with them. He, you know, he he saw he he took them to the the Red Sea and the stuff that they saw. It's it's just so amazing. But let's go through that, and I'll and I'll show you some more stuff. So, Sorry. real quick. There's nothing wrong. You know, we're just having a conversation. Yeah, but it also makes uh, what's very interesting too is uh, with the temple that there they made many rooms. There were many rooms, many houses, many different areas. So uh, that's the New Jerusalem, but, baby. <laughs> but it's like you know the thing is, uh, you know, I guess. I guess the question is, is how were, it must have been by an act of God were able to, to hide what you're saying they had, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, the menorah. Well, I'll just go one, one thing that I found out. So obviously, this is what happened. To, to, Jeremiah was told by God, and we, the date was, you know, that 586 B.C. during the, the Babylonian siege. They knew they had to get some of that stuff out of there, and God showed them where to put it. That, I think that's all it was. That's, that's all it was. I don't think Jeremiah knew that many, many years later, God's going to come down and his blood is going to touch that mercy seat. I don't think that's what he was informed. I think God just informed him, we got to get all this stuff out. This is my stuff, patterned after what I have, and I want you to hide it. So the interesting part, and this is the part that made, I didn't under that was the question I had, what you just said. How did they do it? So, ideally, well, it makes per Now listen to this. Well, obviously, that, that too. And you know and I know that God could probably, probably even make them look like they vanished. You know what I mean? Or even blink of an eye and put it somewhere. But what I believe, and this makes perfect sense because it was... It, the Ark of the Covenant was in a stone box. And if you st and it's funny because I think God's given me confirmation. You know why I say this? Because that picture I made of the Ark of the Covenant with the blood coming down on it, it's in a stone box. You know what that stone box is I took a picture of? It's an ossuary. So God wanted this God told Jeremiah to make this box which contained the Ark of the Covenant to look like a giant ossuary. I think it had writings on it and actually had the holes in it so they can carry the, put the pipes in it and, you know, the poles. So they took all the, the, the major parts of the temple, right? We know what they are. They covered them all up. So they, they carried the ark out with nobody touching them at the time because this is before the siege. As the siege is going on, I, I, I only assume it's right before the siege. So they made it look like a funeral procession. Because how Jerusalem was being built, there was a lot of stones being cut out under, under where Golgotha is now. And there's all these various cave systems. But as they take these, these stone pieces out, Ron White, or Henry Gruber said that there was natural holes for this. So God had them put them on in, in one of these holes, covered it all up, obviously perfectly putting where the Ark of the Covenant was, they, I'm sure, I, I can't wait to talk to Jeremiah and listen to that conversation about him, conversation with God being like, okay, you've got to place this ark perfectly where I tell you. 
So that was done, and they barricaded it, like I said. Like I told you, that Ron Wyatt found, found this quote-unquote, not false wall, but it was put up in haste. So, praise God, all these years later, when 70 AD happened, right? We know what happened there. There was a siege. And uh, Titus built up siege walls to, to, keep the, to keep the Jewish people inside so they would starve. And they were eating their children. This is actually documented, you know and I know, in Matthew 24. Praise God, it was, it's there. So one of the crazy parts is, is not only was that there was, okay, well, how can they not get into it? Obviously, Titus ain't going to fool in the no, no dead peoples. They're not after, you know, they're after the, the stuff that's in the temple. They want all this golden stuff. So they're not even messing with that. But as he's building the siege wall, Ron Wa or, uh, Henry Gruber said that what we know as Golgotha be became a part of this siege wall that Titus put up. So where the ossuary is, where the ark is, it was covered up even more so nobody would even think about looking there for anything. How amazing is that? I seen all this stuff. They're, you know, they're showing this stuff, and yeah, I don't know, man. I've been, I've been listening to Henry Gruber since you know almost ten years now. Listening with a Mega Man, that man is a, a pro. I, I'll say that word. He is a prophet of God. He is used of God. He cleans up areas. He's how we should be. You know what I mean, I told you stories that God. He's rebuking storms. This guy. He, he's getting away from two-step adders that should be killing him. And uh, it's just so amazing. And Ron Wyatt, or Henry Gruber, tells the story about meeting Ron Wyatt. And that shouldn't have happened because Ron, Henry Gruber's plane got delayed. If he got there when he got there, he would have never seen Ron Wyatt. That was another amazing act of God. And if you listen to this story, man... He, didn't, he was doing prayer walking, and God was telling him about prayer walking in Jerusalem. And he got so heavy-hearted, he's like, Lord, there's too much blood. I, I can't, I, if I go there, it's so hard on me. I can't do it. And he's like, I'll make a promise with you. If you, if you tell me to do this, give me this certain amount of money in this amount of time, it'll happen. And he did. And it's funny because he thought he missed the date, and he's all excited. He's like, oh, praise God, I don't have to go to Jerusalem. In the meantime, he goes to this party, and some lady gives him a, gives him a check because God had him get up and say one phrase. He said, we have the money for the England trip. This lady told her husband, and both of them got told by God that a man, you're going to see a man... He's going to say this phrase, and you're going to give him this exact amount. Dude, that's what happened. And Henry Gruber's like, well, I got the money, Lord. That's fine, but guess what? It's past the six days. Dude, he looks at the check, and it's time stamped for the exact date. 
Because that's, that's God. So what, when I'm a part of that, listening stuff like that, and he's giving me confirmation about the same thing, dude, I'm not doubting anything. Because we're, you know, we're in a world full of garbage. You see it every day outside. Satan thinks he's winning, but guess what? God's counteracting. So this is God's counteracting of what they're doing. Titus is tearing down his temple. In the meantime, a miracle happened by Jesus' blood touching that mercy seat. It is finished. That's it. But dude, here's the amazing part. Is I want to get... I'm a, I want you to read that Leviticus real quick, so I'm going to tell you something right after. So Jesus' blood touched the west, west, seat, west part of the mercy seat, so the east part should have had the blood for the sacrifices. Read Leviticus. You're going to have to wait a little second. You want me? I'll read it. Yeah, you read it. How's that? Okay. A little bit away now. I, I had it ready, you know, 15 minutes ago, but... It's okay. So, Leviticus 16.14. Like I said, Henry Gruber was led to this by God, because he wanted confirmation of what was going on with the blood. And he shall take the blood of the bullocks, which is the bulls, and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. Before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle with his finger seven times. And that answered another question for me, because... I was thinking, you know, you're thinking of this blood baths going on, but he's just touching the blood with his finger and just doing little squirrels. So it says it right there, eastward. And the thing that hit me when I read those words, too, when I put these in the website, eastward. How many times you're hearing about east? Where do the Muslims pray? Eastward. When, Ro when Ronald Reagan got elected, when he got elected... Where did he face? He faced it eastward towards the obelisk. I think that has to do with it, too. Because everything Satan's counteracting, God... It's this chess match that God is playing with Satan. Because Satan thinks he wins, and it blows up in his face. So because of that happening, obviously that was confirmation for me that I really needed that. So the idea... You know, we'll just... We'll go through it. So... When everything happened, when the temple was plundered, God's plan was put in place, right? So he knew everything was going to be set up. So when he sent Jesus, Matthew chapter 27 to 51, at the moment the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom, the earth shook and the rocks split. Well, guess what, Michael? Here's another confirmation. When that, when that temple was torn... Right? The curtain of the temple was torn. Guess what was not seen? Because it would have said in the Bible, you would have seen it everywhere. The ark. It wasn't there. Where was it? It was where God placed it. Because I'll tell you another confirmation. I was sitting with the, the church I was telling you, the Messianic Jewish church, and I started talking to him, hinting about me bringing this up to him. And he's like, that's funny you bring that up, because in, uh, in Jewish writing, they hint that there was no ark in the second temple. That is in their writings. How awesome is that? Dude, I'm just, 
how many confirmations can you get? This whole thing, since I found out about it, I'm going to tell you right now, there has to be 40 confirmations throughout the years. Sure. That's not happened today. That's not me stumbling. That's not, not me hoping, wishing. That's God moving. That is not a coincidence that will be called a God incident. Praise God. So, ready? Let me tell you one more thing, then we can talk about whatever. This is the most important part about it, which you had questions about, I had questions. Now, Jesus' blood touched the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, he said it's finished. He said it was finished. His, his earthly ministry is done. Okay, you ready for this? John twenty seventeen. Jesus said to Mary, Ready? Touch me not. I am not yet ascended to my Father. She's the first one to see Jesus. I have, I have not ascended to my Father yet, but my brethren go and say to them, I, ha I have to send to my Father and your Father to my God, your God. Michael, the biggest question that I've ever had, one of them, was how come he told Mary not to touch her? You ready for this? Jesus had to go to heaven to make the redemption perfect. His blood touched the mercy seat in heaven. Why would I say this? Well, guess what? Exodus 25.9 says, uh, this is when all the, all the Ark of the Covenant and all the instruments were being created. He, he, God was giving Moses instruction. According to all I show you of the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments, therefore, even so, make it so. Guess what? To make our redemption perfect, he went up in heaven and touched the mercy seat in heaven. Well, I, th I thought, the, mer I thought the, the Ark of the Covenant was in the ground. Well, guess what? That, is, that, mer that Ark of the Covenant is just a pattern of the real thing. Just like Jerusalem is the pattern of the new Jerusalem that will come down from heaven with the Ark of the Covenant, because it says it in Revelations. I had a problem with that, but that, that confirms that. So when I looked into this, Michael, I was like, okay, well, I started fighting it. Okay, well, what's pattern? Well, pattern is what it is. It's after a model, resemblance, a figure, a form, a, a simulator. That's what it is. So God had Moses make the rep representation of the ark on earth. So he can come down and converse with his people. And his son's blood will touch that mercy seat. So we can go back up and touch the mercy seat and everything is done. Okay, we can live. <laughs> Praise God. You want to talk about grace? That's it. I don't know what you think about that. That's a lot to absorb. Uh, but I knew, dude, I, I knew that was really strong in my heart because every time I'm sitting in church, I just felt there was something missing. So that's, that's what I, like... Praise God, His revealing and confirmations through the years for this for this proof. To me, this was the hidden piece of the puzzle. His blood on the mercy seat is the story of our salvation. This is the salvation plan. The Messiah came to earth, suffered in the garden, 
He died on the cross. His blood touched the mercy seat. Three days in the grave, the empty tomb, glorious resurrection. That's what should be preached every resurrection day. That should be preached every Sunday. That is the missing piece of the puzzle that should be taught. And that's why our churches have fallen apart. Because they looked away from God. They pushed away from God. And they got away from that blood. And I told you that. started in the beginning when I told you about them taking it down of the hymn. Because the blood of Jesus is so important. And that's why when the NIV came out, they took it all out. Oh, the apostles were... Oh, how come they're going to Jesus? How come we couldn't... Uh, do deliverance on these people. How can we kind of say, well, sometimes you have to do it with prayer and fasting with this blood. It's all there. And that's why they take certain things out. And that's why prayer and fasting was taken out. But if you look at all the, a lot of the verses, the blood is taken out. But, but like I said, I have it on the bottom of this page. You can lead a, water, or a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Uh, I'm asking people to drink this in and do their own research, just like I tell everybody to do. I could tell you more places you can go on the bottom, but I got plenty of confirmation after that. So if you look at ronwyattmuseum.com, ronwyatt.com, there's tons of stuff to see. You go on YouTube, look up Ron Wyatt, him talking about in Ezekiel Cave, but what you, what you brought up was his deathbed confession. And guess what? You know and I know. You hear that term, oh, well, he's going to, everybody thinks they're, they're going to recant. Well, guess what? He just solidified what he said to his dying breath. What God used him for, how he could show, show the world, but of course they didn't believe it. You, you know what shocked me when Ron, when Kieran Henry Groover talked? He said that Ron Wyatt was treated like a king over there because they, they knew he was doing God's work. And that's why I believe that because of Ron Wyatt, praise God, there is a remnant of Jews in Jerusalem waiting for everything to go down so when they step out. And that's when everything is going to explode. And it has nothing to do with no third temple needs to be built without a piece Because it couldn't happen. You're never going to get that... The, 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 Muslims off there, you're never going to do it. I, I've heard rumors of, oh, well, maybe the actual temple was by uh, the city of David. I started doing all those, those studies. It, it couldn't happen there because that would be the funny part. Is it might happen there because guess what? The, the Pope owns all that stuff. So guess what? The, the Pope, the satanic guy comes into the temple of God. Well, that's not the temple of God because it ain't blessed by God. That's why it's garbage. <laughs> I don't know your thoughts, Michael. I'm sorry. Well, um, a lot to think about this. Really heard this. Seems like a real blessing to God. It's really interesting that, uh, as I've been reading the Old Testament, uh, this has been brought up. So this is fascinating. And uh, as far as um, as of yet, I haven't seen it. We're obviously the temples. And uh, there is no need. If there is, a, uh, if they do build a third temple, it would be a mockery. 
against God's will, it seems to me. Well, part of that mockery, I, Michael. I mean, when I say that, it doesn't mean it's not. Well, let me rephrase that because it doesn't. If it is built, it will be God's will that it's built, but it's only for the condemnation of those involved with it. So. That's what God told me. It's, it's Jews' condemnation if they build that temple. That that broke my heart when he told me that. That's why I pray it doesn't happen. But you talk about blasphemy, that the idea is, okay, well, the major part of that is the red heifer. They created a red heifer, and they continuously clone it. So they have it. Do you even think God would even bless something like that? That's certainly a satanic temple going up if that's it. But you know and I know, in my eyes, what I showed you, I don't think that needs to be done because if people want to say, oh, that temple needs to be rebuilt because of Second Thessalonians, about coming into the temple and defying it. Dude, you want, I showed you that picture of Pope Francis and those other popes sitting on what resembles the Ark of the Covenant. That throne. That's it right there. We know, we know who they are, Michael. We don't, we don't even need to go back and forth with that. Nothing's changed since the idea the Romans put the death Jesus. Nothing's changed. It's just the players well, have. It's, it's, it's interesting, too, is uh, because, you know, like the living blood part. And so uh, the allegations, the alleged time frame that they've given us as 2018 and makes you wonder if things were actually a lot earlier than what they ever told us. Yeah. You know, and you say, well, what's, what's that have to do with anything? Well, uh, well, <laughs> what if it's uh, a lot, lot earlier 2018. It's all about. God's timetable, not ours. That's why. That's why yeah. all these well, guys keep doing stuff September, right? Here's, here's the problem with like, okay, you had like all this great. We got history to you know into the first century and the early church, and then there's this big vacuum of history, and. But not only that, it's not just based on the fact that uh, of textbooks, but also the fact that uh, um, archaeology is proving that uh, emphatically. And uh, so it's almost like, like 1776 might be the year of Satan, to see what, his, what he's trying to accomplish for his goal to be finished. Um, no, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry to deviate a little bit, but it just makes you think. Because uh, not to say that God's blood can't live forever, I mean, it's God's blood, but um, is that uh, you know, is another revelation because of His blood still alive that it's uh, earlier. Than what they're saying. Well, the, you know, we still, I mean, the Roman Empire never left. 
Yeah. Well, real quick about the blood. This is the thing that I didn't know. I Like I told you about the, the video about the, the people from Jerusalem testing it. It was tested two other times, once in America. I, I have the, There's a video that you actually can see this guy doing that. And that was in the 80s. And he got it tested in Germany. So, not only did Ron White have three of these tests done, which again, I'm going to say, God's number. I thought that was fascinating. That's why God showed me that. Um, but the other thing is, when Ron Wyatt first brought this stuff up, they went to a, a small meeting, well, it was about 100 people, and he had one of these one of these big analysts come in. Oh, you know, the, almost... What you call those guys that give the the rubber stamp and say that this is okay and all that stuff? I can't determine. So um, he went to this meeting and he had all this original paperwork and the guy looked through it. It was almost like if you look at you know the Pawn Stars. He took all the the files out to make sure that's where this came from. Did this testing happen at a certain date? Was this done by a certain person? And this guy had a binder with all these signatures, and who was doing what at the time, and he he's like, by the evidence of me looking at these three pieces of paper, this will all be 100% in court, and I, I, I write off on it. Not that that means anything. Like I said, the confirmation for me is Ron Wyatt's words saying that he, he had this blood, and it was confirming in my spirit with God. That's what I knew. So, when you look at this other stuff, it's just icing on the cake. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not saying anything about what you said, but what God has done for me, what God has told me, what has God shown me and led me, you will, you will never in a million years get me to change my, my mind on what I'm looking at now and what he's done. The idea of what you just said is, you know, I understand, like, why would his blood come back? That's a dangerous thing, too, because, okay, if you want to do an antichrist, why wouldn't you use this blood sample, right? That's the thing that scared me. Well, I'm not, I'm not doubting it at all. I'm, I'm no, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, obviously I, they use such a little small sample to do it. It's, you know, it, it's crazy. I, you know, some of that stuff, because Ron Wyatt said it, and I've heard it a million times, dead blood does not come alive again. It's dead. But if it's the Spirit of God and whatever's in Jesus, it, you know, it does. I, but I, I pray that this stuff, you know, I don't know what they did with the blood after that stuff. And here's the interesting part. Is all, I'm going to go back real quick. We talk about the four angels. So, in one of these times that Ron Wyatt left, they blocked up stuff. There's rumors and accusations going out that somebody found the Ark of the Covenant. So, there was a group of six guys that went down there. They didn't get very far. They dropped dead. And the crazy part is, I still can't, my mind can't wrap around this. You want to talk about one thing that's fake and you don't understand? Dude, when they found these guys... They had actual X's over the rock. Like a cartoon or something. There was a certain kind of cardiac arrest they had. But the angels dropped... They, they, well, I don't know if it was angels. I assume that... 
Scott dropped dead, dropped them dead. But they all, all six of them had heart attacks, and they all died right in their place in one of the cave systems. And they had X's over their eyes. Yes, isn't that? Cr- I, I I can't imagine. Like it sounds funny to me, right? It's funny. Like what would they have X's well, over no, their eyes? What would very, cause that? Well, but something causes that. Um, yeah, well, that's very interesting. <laughs> it would also make you think about angels and the fact that, it, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> angels were probably what has been protecting the Ark all along. So, Well, yeah, obviously so. the angels were the ones that set everything up so Ron Wyatt can see it. And only him. Right. Because obviously it, it it makes it more difficult to prove something like that, but you know when all this other stuff happens, it's just it, it's not a coincidence. It's really awesome. Never mind, dude. I was a hundred percent. But when I went back and I listened, to, there's Henry Gruber video, and there's like I think two or three parts to it. When you watch that, you're just gonna be blown away. It's just crazy because all the He's talking about all these supernatural things happening to him, and you know plenty about him. He's talking about, I told Lottie about this the other day, that they're, they're sitting, so I guess it was like a Denny's, and all of a sudden it started raining jewels. He has these jewels he's been handing out to people from heaven. I can't explain stuff like that. I don't like getting to that because when... Uh, when I first met Ladia, Ladia was a part of a church, but that wasn't good because she started talking about this uh, how raining uh, gold dust, and I know how they've oh, yeah. been faking that because they they put it through the uh, the AC system. Right. But dude, these were actual jewels. He has them in his hand. Three of them went in his wife's ring, which is really beautiful ring. But it's uh, dude. I will ne- you know, that's another thing, you know, about us not believing man and all this other stuff. Dude, he's such a witness. I, 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 because you would have found out about him, you know, after 10 years of watching this guy do stuff and listen to him on audios, he is a man of God. I knew it when he told me, his, told the story, and that's on YouTube, we talked about this, about him going under the Vatican, or under Rome, and two angels were down there. Fallen angels were guarding something. Right. And he, he rebuked them, and they they left. <laughs> he is a true man of God. That's the stuff that he's done. Well, it's not him. It's God in him. As far as rainy jewels go, uh, nothing is impossible for God. That's for sure. See, that's what it so comes down And you just, we just guess we just have to... Um, I guess you say, as, as a believer in Christ, you say, why not? But you also have to, you know, just test the spirits and, and uh, discern what spirit, if what you're witnessing or seeing is legit or just some kind of propaganda type of thing. And you never know. I mean, cause you, God never does anything for no reason at all. It, 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 you know, in other words... He's not going to do something simply to tantalize you, your senses, or to, you know, buy you your, your love. You know what I mean, or your affection. So, 
there's times you hear this stuff and it's like you just see like uh, is this real or not? I mean it's I don't know. I mean why would a guy just rain jewels for no reason at all? Um but if we weren't there and with the contents the context of the whole story and situation, so could he have done that for a reason to help build a church or to help uh, with a you know, body of Christ? It, sure, why not? Why can't he? <clears throat> but if it's simply just to entertain uh, the laity and to um, oh, be a sensational story, there's really I don't see that. That's how, you, that's how you know the difference right there, Michael, about what you said. Because what you said, the, the later part, you know, those are the false churches that I've seen. Right, and you know, it's just these lying signs and wonders and witchcraft Absolutely. and all that. You could give a perfect example of uh, um, uh, Pharaoh and Moses, and right, and the Pharaohs and his, uh, his sorcerers against uh, Moses and and, well, actually, God and Moses. So um, God's miracles always overrode them, but they, they were able to mimic a lot of the things that God did because of uh, the demonic realm and the, the demon power, you know what I mean? So saying that, you know, you just never know. So it's like one of those things. I, after all things that I've gone through and still go through, I mean, I just... Uh, video that you know what happened yesterday and and um i just saw the things that were revealed to me in an hour just going out and down and filming and um i mean you'll see demons and literally you'll, you'll see the heads popping out of the ground in the cemetery and then next thing you know i'm you know bearing my testimony and praying for a guy <laughs> And in a in a convent, you know, so <laughs> not in the convent, but in the, the grounds of. Uh, real Is there a church the next to the convent? Oh yeah. Probably underground system to go to it too. Oh, you know. Not that I'm saying anything. Yeah, you know, and so and there's there's a lot of wickedness, and it's in a high place too, highest place around in that area, so. Uh, not to say that it's, it's, you know, where I live, there's not a lot of, there's, well, there's, there are no, there are no mountains, no real hills, but there's this, the highest place around, naturally, and, and, um, yeah, so, anyways, point being all that is, is that nothing's impossible. God's miracles are happening all the time, and his angels are working for him and for his people, and, and all things can happen, but you just got to test the spirits, and you got to be careful about lying signs and wonders, and you know what I mean. Okay. You got to recognize where the sources are coming from, and and so uh, as as far as the jewel thing goes, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. And you know, uh, no, I'm, he, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a first one to speak out against that, Michael. Here's the That's why I was shocked when he said it. Henry Groover, uh, he seems like he's a genuine man when it comes to the Lord, but uh, when he starts mixing the Lord and the truth of the God 
and his perspective and his understanding of how the world works, uh, I start to scratch my head a little bit and say, you know. Well, I've only heard those conversations when you mix them with somebody like Steve Quayle. Right, or he's up, but I've also seen him get lecture and all that. It's like getting all this. But, you know, he not I, I, I guess the, the problem is, and a guy like that, you got you know, it would be nice to know when he's trying to be pathetic and he's just expressing his opinions. But he seems at times to make it sound like it's, you know, like. Oh, he's, he seems he's to be a really great, humble man. He's got like this great insight into all these the 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 the, the movers and shakers. So I'm not saying what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I try to so much this kind of stuff. And Derek likes him too, Derek Allen. You like him, and so that's you know two witnesses to say that the two brothers of Christ they trust. Uh, I well, like I said, Michael. I I've listened to him for about ten years. You know, I have so I have I don't know probably a dozen videos from Omega Man because obviously he's too busy <laughs> doing prayer walking around the world to show up on Omega Man on a, a regular basis. But everything that he has to say was just he he's so humble and you can see his heart, especially watching this video. You can see his heart. He's so humble, and I I firmly believe everything he says. But don't get me wrong. You have you know when you start tying yourself with other people you shouldn't be around like Steve. I don't understand why he's around Steve Quayle. You know, I, I know Steve Quayle was a good guy, but all of a sudden he's saying all this doom and gloom stuff and buy gold and all this other stuff. I, that's not God. No, and he's been prophetically wrong so many times. It's, it's that too. So, and he's not, you know, it, it's it's basically you got you got to accept his word and that's it. If you don't accept his word, then you're against him. So, but these, they, well, that, these that's issues. what happened with him and Shannon. These, this this is the these are issues for another time. The more important issue tonight is uh, the revelation that you discovered and that you're tying in. Some very important things about you know the atoning sacrifice and the blood of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. And well, the, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. That stuff is obviously much more uh, edifying than you know. Uh, absolutely. After, 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 or, or uh, well, because at the end of the day, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe just uh, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I, well, uh, let's put it this way: I, I could be wrong about motive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that you know what I mean? It's I guess just uh, golly, it's just not a good idea to mix money, politics with God. This isn't. This isn't a good idea. It's just you know, I mean, even in, even in the word, he's he's sharing to you know, all right, you want a king? Well, I'll give you a king. Here you go. You know what I mean? They are not, well, not your dicks. If he um, wants you to have it, Michael, he'd give it to you. Or if he knows you have a need, he'll give it to you. Look what happened to you. That's, that, you weren't asking anybody for stuff. 
Well, I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I think you're in agreement with me too. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's absolutely you know, true. Uh, it's the love of money, and it's just, it's there is the pressure to perform, to maintain, to keep your little empire. And mind you, it's not God's. I'm saying it's your little empire. Well, you know, here's an example. Like, obviously, it costs money to do my website. Am I ever going to ask anybody for money so I can do it? No, because if he wants it up, meaning God, he will show me the money and give it to me so I make sure that it stays on because I know and he knows because this is his work, not mine, that this information is there for somebody. Even if I get one person a year to look at it, that's all that matters because that one person might say something to somebody else, but if that one person, if it, if it edifies them to either do research or it draws them closer to God, that's all that matters, and you know that, and that's why you do your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's why you're sitting there and just reading the Word. Because he wants you to do that, because somebody's going to vote that don't have a Bible or can't get one, next thing you know, it's right there and you're listening to it. Because a lot of the times, it's a lot easier to listen to than to read the Bible. And you might find a person that does that. Or or could be blind and can't read. <laughs> you know what I mean? God works in, oh, you said it, God works and, in a serious way. Have you heard me read it? Have you listened to any of I can't no. hear you. Have you listened to any of the readings that I've done? Oh, I, like I said, there's so much stuff I need to do. I need to go back. Because I figure if, no, if your readings are that long, you must be stopping and talking about stuff. You're not just reading through. Well, no, I'm pretty much reading through. Oh, you are? <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Because I'm just curious if somebody uh, actually has been listening to it, because I have no idea if anyone's been listening to period. So, but I'm just doing it because, uh, you know, it's, it's multiple reasons. So, well, it's good for you. Yeah, it's good for and me. never mind, you have something to leave your son. Absolutely. Oh, so. Hey, now. I'm getting tired there, brother. Uh, okay. It's probably about a good time in the recording here. Um, Boy, am I tired. Anyways. Okay, well, just let me say one thing. Uh, If somebody's interested in looking more of this, you'll org. But if you look at the blood on the mercy seat. But just like everything else on my pages, it all goes together. So if you look at three days and nights, that talks about Jesus. But, of course, you click on the golden firmament, that is a lot of the confirmation that I got about the mercy seat. It's just, it's just, it's all amazing, and it's all, it's, it's all for God. It has nothing to do with me. It's what He wants to do, and that's why never in a million years, just like you'll say it now, that we'd be doing stuff like this. It's God inside us that does it. I have no, you know, I, I never thought I'd want to sit here and do videos or audios for two hours at a time. I didn't think I'd be able to do something like that, but it's God in us. Praise God. Hey, bud. Absolutely, brother. 
Absolutely. And then, you know, what probably what I'm going to do is, and I, uh, I'm going to chill out and watch uh, uh, a couple presentations from Ron Wyatt and, uh, you know, like, uh, discoveries and all that. Because, you know, I really didn't give much of a, well, it just wasn't, uh, I have to say part, part of the problem is, Amazing the amount of demonic heads and entities you find in rock structures. That's <laughs> I'm watching a little bit of it. Anyways, uh, Ethan Lee, my brother in Christ, you can stay on. I'm just gonna just end the recording. Hey, Michael, won't you pray for us? Fascinating. Pray us out. All right, Almighty God, the true and living God. God that breathed life into us, gave us your only begotten Son, who blesses us, he's merciful. Shine your kindness, mercy upon uh, Ethan and those that may hear his uh, the wonderful message that he shared. And um, I'm going to say thank you, God, for sharing these new insights and help me to understand them. God, help me to uh, turn correctly and to uh, focus more on your the positive in you, your truth, and not to be so maybe judgmental about certain things that have caused me probably to not grow as much as I should. So please forgive me of that. And God, I just ask you to just uh, bless this uh, message that it will reach those who need to hear it. Uh, bless Ethan and his ministry. Need to bless him with new revelation and with the courage to share it. Your courage, God. Bless my brother Ethan greatly and help him with all the the trials and issues that he that he's facing right now. Strengthen him, fortify him. You'll be his protection, his hedge, and that uh, the decisions will be made, which will be most pleasing to thee and uh, God just thank you for everything you give me yes Lord as we're cut from the same stone uh, watch over Michael and his same situations and, and pray for his, his little one that he stays close to you and you put a hedge of protection around him and send your angels we know you're doing that but send your angels down the garden of chase pray for that. Lord, we pray that you lead people to this and open their minds and hearts and show them the truth about who you are. Because obviously when me and Michael get together, we don't get to talk about a lot of uplifting stuff. And this is the one of the most uplifting things that we've ever studied. And we give all things to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank right, you, brother. Let, I appreciate me, let, let me, let me uh, end the recording here. Okay.